Welcome to the Caris Christian Center podcast. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you a couple of jokes. I like to laugh. I, I, I find something to laugh about every day. Praise the Lord. And we travel around the world and we're celebrating 50 years of preaching the gospel all over the world. Started off in Africa and many, many countries. So uh, when you travel a lot, you really need to laugh. So, so a couple of things I uh, laugh about. Um, uh, Brother Copeland, Brother Copeland's been such a dear, precious man to us, and uh, he's just been so generous, and so we do some TV programs together, and he gave us free TV time. We're on the Victory Network every day, Monday through Friday, so you can catch the program on there, but uh, that's thanks to Brother Copeland. Well, Brother Copeland likes to laugh too, believe it or not, so he tries to tell some of my jokes, which he does not do very well, but... Um, <laughs> I've tried to school him, you know, timing is important, stuff like that. But, uh, but his favorite joke that I, that I te- have told around him was, did you hear about the butcher that took his wife to a party for the very first time? So he's introducing her around and he said, meet Patty. <laughs> all right, for all the blondes, I'm going to tell that one more time. Did you hear about the butcher? <laughs> Butcher took his wife to a party. Meet Patty. Yeah, she was a little large. He'd say double meet Patty, but no, it's just good. Uh, uh, did you hear about the guy that was addicted addicted to drinking brake fluid? He said he could stop at any time. I see guy. All right. Well, this one I told this in the early service about the uh, the doctor, the lawyer, and the preacher that went deer hunting together. Anybody here like to go deer hunting? Man, this is one of my favorite things. I love to go deer hunting. I actually got a new rifle uh, a few days ago, so thanks to Joey. And uh, so uh, the, the doctor, lawyer, preacher went deer hunting, so they wanted to get him a monster buck. So while they're walking out in the woods, up jumps, you know, this monster buck, and all three of them throw the rifle up. Bam, all three of them shoot at the same time. Buck falls down dead. So the doctor said, I got it. The lawyer said, no, I'm sure I got it. The preacher said, no, I'm sure I got it. So they had to get a ballistics expert to come and examine that buck. And after studying the buck, buck the uh, expert said, well, it's clear that the preacher got the buck. So the doctor said, how can you prove that? And the lawyer said, how can you prove that? And the doctor, the expert, he said, uh, well, the bullet went in one ear and right out the other. That's how we know that preacher got it. I had to, the preacher got it. But the pastor, the pastor's, the pastor's favorite joke. Y'all ready for the pastor's favorite joke? I mean, he laughed for, I think he received emotional healing after he heard this joke. <laughs> I, I think he laughed so much that it's just, anyway, this, this story uh, joke is about the architect, the architect that, you know, he went out into the uh, ocean, was, you know, in a boat, and he got lost, and he ended up alone on an island. He was on the island by himself for over 30 years. Wow. Finally, after 30 years, they finally located him, they found him, and they went to rescue him, and they said, wow, what have you been doing here for 30 years? He said, well, I'm an architect, so I love to build, so I built me a beautiful home. You want to see it? And they said, oh, yeah, we want to see it. So they went to the island. They saw this most beautiful home. And they thought, wow, that's amazing. How'd you build such a beautiful home? He said, well, I'm an architect, 
And I had 30 years, so I built me a beautiful home. They thought, wow, that's amazing. He said, you want to see my church? Oh, yeah, yeah, I built me a beautiful church. He said, oh, beautiful, beautiful church. It's just a wonderful church. So they went over and toured the church. Man, it's beautiful. He said, wow, you built this beautiful church. He said, yep, I've been here for 30 years. I'm an architect. Built me a beautiful church. They came out of the front door of the church. They looked over across the island a little bit, and there's another building over there. And uh, he said, well, what's that building over there? And the architect said, well, that's the church I used to go to. Uh, see, he couldn't get along with himself, so he had to change church. All right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, Trina, uh, you come up here and try to get him spiritual again. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'll sit down. <laughs> you like that one. <laughs> it's been so good to be here this week for camp meeting. My goodness. I thought we had good camp meeting in Alexandria. We had a blowout here. Thank you. Amen. Give your pastors a big hand. They are the best. Amen. They're God's gift to you. That's what Jesus did when he went to heaven. He gave pastors. So thank you so much in this team. Praise and worship, the staff here, I'm telling you, you are second to none. Thank you. And you're in Colorado. This is my hometown. <laughs> yes, yes. I was born in Salida. Yeah, most, most Spanish names in Colorado, they say it all wrong. They say Salida. It should be Salida, right? Okay. And Buena Vista, they say Buena Vista. But if you come to that town, say in Buena Vista, you are a stranger. The home people say Buena Vista. That's how it was made. Or Buni. Anyway, enough of that. Thank you for um, honoring my dad, Pastor Lawson. Thank you. My, I still love my daddy. You know, he's still alive. Glory to God. On the mountain and in uh, Chalk Week Pass. Uh, Almost 90 years old. Praise God. I don't know if you're watching, Daddy, but if you are, I love you, and I'll see you soon. <laughs> Praise God. And uh, being raised in church, I love church. I'm a PK, and I'm glad about it. <laughs> it's been good. Amen. And one of the things I love about church is worshiping God. I love preaching because I love to see my dad preach and get really good. I said, God, help him preach good. And the blood vessels in his neck will go out there, you know. <laughs> That's really good. Praise God. But lives are changed in church. Amen. And you hear the word of God in church. Prayer happens. It's where it, it happens here, but it just goes on and fills our life. Amen. And the power of the Holy Spirit comes, and he's our teacher, and he reveals the truth. Amen. One of the truths that the Holy Spirit revealed to me a few years ago, he said, look in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 19. I want you to start memorizing that section of scriptures there, speaking about the blood of Jesus. And that was about the time Mark and I really started studying more about the blood of Jesus. We could know things, but we could know more. And so we, we did. We got right in there. It says this, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us 
through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, that's Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil or doubting conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? Because he is faithful. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. So at the first service I said, these are the lettuce salad scriptures. There's a lot of lettuce coming. Let us, you know, praise God. So let us, this morning, let us just turn our vision to the blood of Jesus. It's in heaven. It's flowing. It's full of power. It's speaking. Favor. Love. It's a liquid love of God. It's speaking. Come. Be free. Amen. So this song is just some easy, simple worship songs about the precious blood of Jesus. The first one was written by an African-American man back in the 1800s, right before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, or maybe right after it. The second little song, the words were penned by Smith Wigglesworth. He said, there is not one thing in me the blood does not cleanse. Wow, that'd give you boldness. So I'm going to stop talking, start singing. Amen. Kick that song on. Hallelujah. Let's just see ourselves right there before God. The blood is speaking. He's your Father. He loves you. And this is what we see. I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. Its waves, they reach the throne of God.
Worship the Father. Thank you, Lord. You cause us to come close to you today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Wow. Sing about the blood. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to talk about the blood, the blood of Jesus and faith in the blood. And so we're going to start with Romans chapter 3, verse 25, is where we get the phrase, through faith in his blood. That means if you're going to live by faith or walk by faith or have victory because of your faith, then you'll have to have faith in the blood of Jesus, faith in his blood. So Romans chapter 3, verse 25 is where we get the phrase, through faith in his blood, that we have a propitiation restored to fellowship with God. We've been made righteous through faith in his blood, and sin has gone into remission, which means cancellation of penalty and the removal of guilt. Cancellation of penalty, the removal of guilt, the remission of sin, more than just forgiveness, through faith in his blood. So we want to look at faith in the blood, and I've got a quote here from Andrew Murray, who has a wonderful book on the blood of Jesus, and... Andrew Murray said it this way, faith is largely dependent upon knowledge. Faith, I'm glad it's not dependent on your feelings. Faith is largely dependent upon knowledge. He says, if knowledge of what the blood of Jesus has accomplished is not accurate, then your faith will expect little. And the more powerful effects of the blood could be limited. He says, Feeble ideas of its power prevent the deeper and more perfect manifestations of its effects. In other words, he said, understanding and having accurate knowledge of what the blood of Jesus has done for you, number one. Number two, what that blood does in you. And number three, what that blood does in giving you authority over devils or demons or evil spirits. So the blood of Jesus, how many of you ever sang that song, there's power power, wonder-working power in the blood. Amen. So he says, first of all, you must have accurate knowledge. And then Andrew Murray said it this way, as we find out what the scriptures teach about the blood, we will see that faith in the blood can produce greater results in us than we have yet known. All right, we're going to go that one more time. As we find out what the word, the scriptures teach about the blood, he said, we will find out that Faith in his blood can produce greater results. I mean, I believe you could get better results. All right, just got three nods going on. How many believe the rest of this year you can get better results than you got last year? Amen. Amen. Better results through faith in his blood. And then he goes on and says, and in the future, a ceaseless blessing will be ours because of our faith in his blood blood. Praise the Lord. So we're going to look at several scriptures on the blood of Jesus and see how to apply that blood through faith in his blood, because faith in the blood requires two things. Number one, accurate knowledge. 
not just accurate knowledge of something that you've never known. Sometimes you have forgotten things and then you don't bring it application in your life. So you get the same results if you forget it as if you never knew it. <laughs> I said, you get the same results if you forget it as if you never knew it. In other words, so sometimes you got to go back and renew your mind on the power of that blood and then bring that blood into application in your life. One of my favorite quotes comes from um, uh, Reinhard Bonnke, who was a great evangelist, went on to be with the Lord, but millions and millions of people saved and filled with the Holy Spirit in Africa. His assignment was to Africa. And we spent a lot of time in Africa, so I read his, his story. And uh, he said, the Lord told him, I see a blood-washed Africa. I see a blood-washed Africa. And while the whole continent was changed by one man declaring, I see a blood-washed Africa. How many of you could see a blood-washed America? How many of you, you know, the Democrats don't have the answer and the Republicans don't have the answer, but Jesus is the answer, amen? The blood of Jesus is the answer. So we declare the power of that blood in our nation, in America, instead of always saying what's wrong with America, start saying, I see a blood-washed United States of America. Amen. Whatever's happening in Washington, D.C., I see the blood of Jesus taking things out of order and bringing them back into order, amen, in our country, in our nation. How many could see a blood-washed family? So I see blood wash my family come on your marriage your children your grandchildren redeemed by the blood of Jesus amen so we want to look at a few scriptures and uh, have accurate knowledge and renew our mind on what the blood of Jesus has done for us and what it does in us so I woke up this morning and I was uh, uh, declaring Hebrews 9:12 which happens to me a lot of mornings Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12. A lot of mornings, this is like one of the first scriptures that comes to my mind is Hebrews 9.12. Do y'all know Hebrews 9.12? They'll probably put it on the board in a minute. But Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12 says, ready? Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. That's the blood of Jesus. With his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place and he obtained eternal redemption for us. Mm -hmm. How many like to just get the devil and run him out of your house, get up in the morning and say, I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus, that Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, his first order of business was to take his blood into heaven's holy place and there exchange his blood for our eternal redemption. Hallelujah. And he did it once. Amen. And I love the word one and once there in Hebrews because the Lord told me if the devil's giving you a hard time, read him a bedtime story and tell him once upon a time God was manifest in the flesh and Jesus Christ became a man forever and died on the cross and his blood was shed for us and he was raised from the dead and he took his blood into heaven's holy place and he obtained eternal eternal redemption for us. Once upon a time, he did it once for every man. He did it once for every problem. He did it once for every blessing. He did it once upon a time. Never has to be repeated. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Hallelujah. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. 
Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. By the blood. The word redeemed means he purchased our freedom with his blood. Thank God for the blood. Hallelujah. So go down to verse 14 while you're right there. In other words, Jesus, when he's raised from the dead, he said, don't handle me because I've not yet taken my blood into heaven. I've not gone into heaven. Well, what Jesus did is he took his blood. None of that, you don't see any of that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but you see that in Paul's letters or in Paul's revelation. In other words, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John pretty much tell you what happened in the scene. Apostle Paul tells you what happened in the unseen. All right, let's try it again. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell you what man saw. Paul's letters, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, tell you what God saw. Amen. Amen. Not just what God saw, but what angels saw and whatever devil saw. In other words, the devil knows more about his defeat than most Christians because he was there when Jesus was raised from the dead. He spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. In other words, there's victory and power through your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He triumphed over them. In other words, that celebration after the resurrection, you see that in Paul's letters. Or I like to say, the four Gospels are a photograph of redemption, but Paul's letters are an x-ray. Same picture, different kind of picture. You look a lot different in an x-ray than you do in a photograph. Uh, Most people will never send out an x-ray of their family for Christmas. (laughs) It's just just so hard to recognize everybody. Amen. But it's a real picture of what happened from the cross to the throne. What happened when Jesus died? What happened when he was raised from the dead? What happened when he triumphed over the devil? And what happened when he sat down at the right hand of God? Jesus is Lord of all. And so Paul's revelation gives you insight into what happened in the spirit, not just in the natural. Amen. So Hebrews 9, 12, he entered in once and he obtained eternal redemption. Or you could say it this way, God himself lives in constant view of the blood of Christ. Are y'all still here? In other words, he took his blood into heaven and it's still there today and it speaks of God's mercy and God's love. The blood. So if God lives in constant view of the blood in the holy place, then you and I must live in constant view, our constant consciousness of the blood of Jesus. Wow. Praise the Lord. So I don't know how you were raised, but in my household, my family, we were raised in a spirit-filled home, spirit-filled church. My dad was the pastor. And so my mama would do something like this on a daily basis. My mama would say, I plead the blood of Jesus. She would say, I plead the blood. Now, it sounds like an unusual term maybe for some people, I plead the blood. But the word plead is simply a legal term. If you were in court before the judge, and he would say, how do you plead? Well, you have an attorney, an advocate, called the Holy Spirit, and he has never lost a case. All right, let's try. I said, you have an advocate and attorney 
Come on, Jesus is your lawyer in heaven, and the Holy Spirit is your attorney. If you don't think you need attorneys, ask Donald Trump. All right, let's keep going. So, so Jesus is your lawyer in heaven. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is your lawyer in the earth. So the Holy Spirit will, will prompt you when you're in a situation of accusation or threat. The Holy Spirit will prompt you to plead the blood. If you want to win this case, do not be silent about the blood of Jesus. All right, let's try this side over here. And when I said, if you want to win this case, do not be silent about the blood of Jesus. In other words, if you want to win the case concerning, come on, your mind, your peace, your joy, your life, your family, your health, your finances, do not be silent about the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood. So my mama did that constantly, which is why I'm alive today. I wouldn't even be alive today if my mother, what we call, we call it pleading the blood or we call it slinging blood everywhere. <laughs> what do you mean slinging blood everywhere? Well, the illustration is there in the book of Hebrews. When they came to worship, it said that the priest would take the blood and he would sprinkle the book, which is the scriptures. Did you know the scriptures have blood on them? Or the scriptures of the Bible is the blood covenant. So every time you speak the word, you're speaking blood covenant. So he would sprinkle blood on the book, and then he would sprinkle all the instruments of worship. And then it said he would actually sprinkle all the people. Yes, sir. So if you went to worship, not without blood. In other words, he sprinkled the people with blood. So after church, you know, if you went out somewhere and these people say, what's that on you? You say, well, I have blood. Well, well, where you been? You say, I was just at church. In other words, they would actually apply the blood to all the people. Or let's say it this way. Andrew Murray said it this way. And he said, the sprinkling of the blood is the highest act of worship. Are y'all still with me? So listen close. In other words, we have a lot of praise songs and a lot of good songs, but the highest act of worship is the application of the blood. The moment you start singing about the blood or making a confession about the blood, immediately that blood brings you with confidence and boldness right into the presence of God. Come on, no matter where you are 24 hours a day, come on, no matter where you're at, if you're at your house, your office, in your truck, if you say, I plead the blood of Jesus, that means my faith is in his blood. Or that means I rest my case. Yay. All right, let's try this out over here. That brings, I, I bring my case to rest. Come on, you know what that means? I bring my case to rest. In other words, no more arguing, no more this or that. I bring my case to rest on the blood of Jesus. His blood alone has done everything. I bring my case to rest. Woo. So we were having challenges in our life years ago, and the Lord gave Trina this prophecy, and she wrote it down years ago. We use it to this day. And that prophecy says, God is on my side. Man, if God is for you, it don't matter who's against you. 
All right, let's try this side over here. I don't know. Is anybody on this side awake? I said, if God is for you, it don't matter who's against you. If he gave you Jesus, he freely gives you everything. So the Lord gave her this prophecy. God is on my side, for the blood has been applied. Hallelujah. In other words, use your authority. Use your faith. This is the victory. Use your faith. And your faith must speak or your faith must have a confession of faith. Amen. That agrees with God. So the Lord gave her this. God's on my side for the blood has been applied. Thank God for doctors. But no matter what the doctor says, let's try it again. I said, thank God for doctors. We love doctors. Amen. They're a blessing. And hospitals and nurses, thank God for all that. But no matter what the doctor says, come on, once the blood is applied, come on, I said, once the blood is applied, God's on my side because the blood is applied. The blood is applied with your voice. Oh, let's try this out over here. In other words. In other words, thank God for clapping and people get happy in church and clap. That's all nice. But nowhere in the New Testament anybody clap about nothing. But in the New Testament, they lifted up their voice. All right, come on, your voice is your weapon in the realm of the Spirit. When you lift up your voice and start praising God, come on, there's victory in your voice. There's authority in your voice. There's redemption in your voice. So the blood is applied, and that blood's applied through speaking or through singing or through your voice, even if you can't sing very good. Come on, Trina laughs at me because I can't sing very good, but I walk through the house, and the Holy Spirit will give me a song of victory and a song of deliverance, and I'll just walk through the house singing, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb, and I'll be singing that walking through the house. Listen, I can sing songs from the hymn book from like 50, 60 years ago. I don't know about y'all, how many of y'all grew up with a hymn book in church? Listen, we had a hymn book, we, and we had, you know, the certain, certain hymns that were our favorite songs. We actually could resist the devil just with the number of that hymn. We'd say, number 37, devil, now get out of here. <laughs> How many of y'all knew the page of some of those hymns you say, sing? <laughs> All right, let me finish this. Praise the Lord. God's on my side for the blood. Praise the Lord. Well, the devil is scared so much right now that you're going to start using the authority that you have in the blood of Jesus. God's on my side. The blood has been applied. That means I'm slinging blood everywhere. Application of the blood. So my mother had many applications of the blood. Let me finish reading this. So, uh, so she said, the Lord gave her this. God's on my side for the blood's been applied. And then we would say this, every need shall be supplied and nothing shall be denied. So I enter into rest 
You know what entering the rest means? I rest my case means what? No more arguing. My face in the blood. I enter into rest. Praise the Lord. Amen. I rest my case. I enter into rest. No more worrying. No more frustration. I'm going to go ahead and go to sleep. And God's working on my case while I'm asleep. I enter into rest. I know I am blessed. And I have passed the test. And I will get God's best. Now, let's go over this one more time. Because sometimes when you're having a challenge, come on, the enemy may tell you, you'll never again get the best because this happened or that happened. But when the blood is applied, I'm not taking second best. Come on, once the blood is applied, God sees you through that blood and looks at you like you're 100% righteous and sees you like you've never done anything wrong. That means I'm not getting second best. Once the blood is applied, I'm going to get God's best. I know I am blessed because that blood is applied. Amen? Amen. So my mama would plead the blood. I plead the blood. She said it out loud. I could hear her saying it in the house. I plead the blood. Amen. I heard Dad Hagen say it this way. He taught on faith for 65 years. I, I'm glad. I always say Dad Hagen set me free from the fear of repetition. <laughs> you know, he would just teach on faith over and over again. After hearing it a hundred times, I went, Oh, that's what you're trying to tell me, all right? So I bleed the blood. So, so learn about faith, the speaking part of faith from Dad Hagen. And then uh, Dad Hagen said, you know, I got saved, he said, among the Baptists, but I came over among the Spirit-filled people because they believed in healing. He said, well, I got among the Spirit-filled people, and I got filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, but then I'd hear Spirit-filled people say, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. All right, I'm going to say it one more time because this is going to be real easy for you to repeat. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. Amen. So he said, I didn't much understand totally what they were doing. He said, but I just started doing what they were doing. And he said, it worked so well for me. He said, I still do it to this day. What does that mean? Well, you may not fully understand what you're doing. But if he said, if a challenge came to my health, to my mind, come on, to my life, he said, to resist the devil, I would immediately say, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. Wow. I love what Andrew Murray said about this. He said, to enjoy this blessing, nothing is necessary except faith in the blood of Jesus. His blood alone has done everything. Yay. All right, I like to say it this way. His blood, the blood of Jesus, his blood plus nothing minus nothing. To enjoy this blessing, nothing is necessary except faith in the blood of Jesus. Faith in that blood. Where's that faith going to come from? From accurate knowledge. Once you know the scriptures about the blood and then you bring that into application there is power and victory in that blood. And I like what Dad Higgins said. He said, the Lord told him, hold fast to your confession of faith. 
Hold fast to that confession. He said, even if failure is on all four corners. How many of you ever had a time in your life that it looked like failure was on all four corners? It was like, he said, hold fast to your confession of faith. No matter what it looks like, no matter what you feel like, hold tight to your confession of faith. In other words, do not be silent, but lift your voice and say with your mouth, the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin, from all unrighteousness. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ, not because of what I have done or have not done, but because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago on the cross. What Jesus did when he was raised from the dead, and he took his blood into heaven. Every devil saw it. Every angel saw it. Come on, God saw it. And now I saw it in Paul's revelation. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I will not be silent about that. Woo. Praise the Lord. Let me finish this little story here about my mama. She plead the blood. She'd say, I plead the blood. Funny thing, you know, I, I uh, as a teenager, had a couple of bad years. <laughs> I, preacher's kids have problems because they hang out with deacon's kids, right? So, so I'm a preacher's kid, and I had problems. So my dad and four deacons had to come get me out of jail, you know, when I was a teenager. Come the deacons get me out of jail, you know, I felt, Lord, have mercy. Now I'd go home, my mama say, I plead the blood of Jesus. Then I had some bad stuff, I got in a car wrecked, totaled out six cars, walked away without a scratch. My mama said, I plead the blood of Jesus. Amen. So the Lord turned my whole life around, and I went to Bible college for four years. That's where I met my wife, Bible college. So after Bible college, four years, I came home, and I thought I needed to kind of correct my mother. I needed to kind of help her since she wasn't smart as I am. So I came home and I remember sitting in the kitchen with my mama and I said, Mama, you know, I've graduated from Bible college. I said, but I'm a little concerned about your theology. <laughs> I said, uh, I hear you say plead the blood. I said, that ain't nowhere in the New Testament, plead the blood. You keep saying that. And she said, well, it's working good for me. She said, you're going to Bible college. That's a miracle. So I'm going to keep pleading the blood if you don't know. <laughs> It's a miracle you're even alive, so if you don't mind, I'm going to keep pleading the blood. <laughs> when really the word plead the blood is synonymous with faith in the blood in the New Testament. <laughs> so my mama would plead the blood. Many applications. Everybody say many applications. So I can remember in high school, I brought my girlfriend home from high school. And back in those days, them girls had many skirts. You know what miniskirt is? It ain't much of a skirt. I can tell you that's a miniskirt. <laughs> and so I'm 17 years old. I brought my girlfriend home from high school. <laughs> I said, Mama, this is my girlfriend. My mama looked at her and she went, I plead the blood. <laughs> so my girlfriend said, what'd your mama say? I said, don't worry about it. it ain't nothing. I mean, I plead the blood. <laughs> But I was 17, you know, I said, so I told my mama, I said, but mama, I want her. <laughs> and my mama said, you may get what you want, but you may not want what you get. 
Some of y'all need to write that down, huh? How many know it's better not to get what you want, but get what God wants for you? So I had to surrender my will. Or you could say it this way, the blood of Jesus has the power to change your want to. Or you could say it this way, you plead the blood over yourself. Or Andrew Murray said it, this revelation of the blood should awaken in you this confession. The blood of Jesus, by his own blood, the Lord Jesus has sanctified me. And he's taken complete possession of me for God. My spirit, my soul, and my body. That I might surrender myself to God. Did you know the blood of Jesus has sanctifying power when you're struggling with your own challenges and that blood can reach on the inside of you and change your want to? So my mama said, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. All kinds of, we went on a trip, I plead the blood. Come on, if you get a bad, difficult doctor's report, my mama immediately would say, I plead the blood. Amen. I plead the blood. Everybody say, I plead the blood. I rest my case on the blood of Jesus. My faith, my confidence, my assurance is in his blood. His blood alone has done everything. Amen. And so I came home from college. My younger brother was playing football. He played high school football, college, a college football. He's a great athlete. And yet, during playing all the football, he's running around with his friends, and he wasn't really serving the Lord anymore. So he wasn't serving the Lord, so he had come home, you know, intoxicated and stuff. So my mama plead the blood. Well, so I came home from college, and my younger brother, he's backslidden, you know, not serving the Lord. And so my mama said, your younger brother, he's really taken to gardening. He's really taken to gardening. I said, that sounds weird, my brother, taking to gardening. <laughs> She said, yeah, he loves tomato plants. She said, he loves tomato plants. <laughs> out there in the backyard. I said, oh, well, let me go out there and check out his tomato plant. So I come back in the house. I said, Mama, Bobby's growing marijuana in the backyard, in case you don't know. That ain't tomato. So I told her, I said, come on. Then the pastor's backyard. Come on, the boy's growing marijuana. I said, so, I mean, this is years ago. So my, my mama said, I plead the blood of Jesus. My younger brother today is the pastor of my dad's church. I'm telling you, no matter what you're dealing with and no matter what it looks like right now, do not be silent. Say, I plead the blood of Jesus. Come on over my mind, my life, my family. My faith is in his blood. Praise the Lord. Can you say praise the Lord? Can you say hallelujah? Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, your victory is in your faith in the blood of Jesus. Apply that blood with your voice. Amen. Yes. Now go from Hebrews 9.12 to Hebrews 9.14. Hebrews 9.14. I know I was just talking to Pastor Aaron. And he said, Pastor Lawson always preaches past noon. <laughs> he told me that. I was sitting on the front row. He told me that. And yet, Pastor Lawson, he didn't tell me that. He said, you know, we're usually out about noon. I said, you are not usually out at noon. So give me just about five more minutes. So <laughs> how many of y'all can give me five more minutes, all right? So you say like 5, 10, 15, 20. All right, go to, go to Hebrews 9, 14. 
Y'all got verse 14. How much more? Hebrews 9, 14. How much more? Oh, yes, sir. How much more? How much more? Much more. Much more. Wow. Much more. How much more shall the blood of Christ, <laughs> Woo! the blood of Jesus, how much more shall the blood of Christ? But look at this, who through the eternal spirit, look at that, the blood of Christ and the eternal spirit, who would that be? That's the spirit of God. Or you could say the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit are inseparable. Come on, when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Are y'all still here? In other words, the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit are inseparable. When you honor the blood of Jesus, the Holy Spirit will jump into that situation and turn that thing around through the power of the Holy Spirit. How much more? The blood of Christ and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, purge your conscience. Wow. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, wow. wow. Say that backwards. Say, wow. <laughs> say that upside down, mom. All right. So, purge your what? Conscience. Same thing in Hebrews chapter 10, 19, all the way through verse 22, 23. He said, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from a guilty conscience and our body washed with pure water. Hold fast to your confession of faith without wavering because God is faithful. Woo. So the blood of Jesus has power and it reaches into heaven itself. Matter of fact, when you get to heaven, that's going to be one of the main songs in heaven. They're going to be singing about the blood. That's how you got there. I said, that's how you got there, through the blood of the Lamb. And so that blood has power, authority in heaven, but that blood also overcomes Satan and all the strategies of the devil and every demon or evil spirit that would try to harass your mind. Come on, there's power in the blood that we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So the blood has power in heaven in the presence of God, has power over every unseen devil and influence and strategy of the enemy that you can cast out devils. You have authority over the devil when you use that confession and faith in the blood. You start singing about it and he'll leave your house. Hallelujah. All right, y'all ready? Heaven, then over the devil, and then the third thing is that blood reaches into the heart or the conscience of the believer and removes the guilt or the stain of sin or the shame or the guilt is removed. Or in the New Testament, the blood of Jesus removes sin consciousness or removes the guilt of sin. Come on, what no pharmacy can do, no drug can do. Come on, come on, you don't have to smoke it. You don't have to try to take a little this or that. The blood of Jesus reaches into your conscience and silences the voice of self-condemnation. 
In other words, that nagging voice of guilt that tells you you don't measure up and you shouldn't have done this and you shouldn't have done that, but the blood reaches on the inside of you and removes the guilt, removes the shame, silences that voice, and now your conscience must bear witness that you are 100% righteous because of what the blood has done for you, and God looks at you like you never did nothing wrong, and he welcomes you to come into his presence because of the blood. Boy, I tell you, you ought to start slinging blood everywhere right now. I'm redeemed by the blood. I overcome by the blood. I'm blessed because of the blood. Amen. Blessed. So I, when I pastored 25 years, I, you can do a whole series. You know, you can preach like the next six months. When you're just traveling, you got like, 30 minutes. So, so well, when you're a pastor, you can preach like every week. So I preached every week on faith in the blood, and then I got to the blessing of the Lord. And I got this big dictionary in my office that weighs about 20 pounds, and I opened it up to the word blessed. When I opened up the word blessed, the old English word B-L-E-S-T, and it said in that dictionary, that that comes from the root word for blood. In other words, the word blessed comes from the root word for blood. And it said the reason those two words are connected is because in the Old Testament, when the priest would go into the holy place and sprinkle blood on the mercy seat, he would always come out and pronounce a blessing. Y'all still here? Once that blood is applied, the blessing is guaranteed. So that's where the Lord bless you and keep you and make his countenance shine upon you and give you peace. That blessing, and yet in the New Testament, we would say, because of the blood, you're blessed coming in, blessed going out. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath because of the blood. Or you would say, I am blood blessed. Amen. I said, I'm blood blessed. Hallelujah. So now here's the last scripture I'll give you this morning. Hebrews 13, 20, 21. Go ahead and laugh just for a minute and say. <laughs> Remember, it's not just what you know about it. It's what you apply about it. Amen. And if you forget, I said, if you forget. So I went back and studied it, and I realized I had forgotten. So I have to apply the blood, my confession of faith in the blood. Y'all found Hebrews 13, 20, 21? Here's what it says, kind of God raised Jesus from the dead, and then it says this. You ready for this? Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. I just like that. I just like that. I know y'all are reading on, but I hadn't read on yet. I'm still the same place. Through the blood. <laughs> through the blood of the eternal or everlasting covenant. Wow. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant, he makes you perfect in every good work to do his will while he works in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Let's try it one more time. Through 
the blood of the everlasting covenant. He gets me in the right place at the right time with the right people. He makes me perfect in every good work, and he works in me that which is well-pleasing in his sight because of the blood covenant. What is that blood covenant? God said, my covenant I will not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my mouth. The thing you have to understand about the Word of God is you got a blood covenant. Yeah. Amen. Guaranteed by the blood of Jesus. Blood covenant. My covenant. God said, I will not break. You never have to wonder if he's on your side. Come on. He said, if you get out of order, he will correct you, but he will not allow the enemy to attack you. He actually said, I'll beat the enemy down in front of your face because you belong to me. Even if you made a mistake, ah, come on, my, my blood, come on, my, my love and kindness. Ooh, come on, even if things got wrong in your life, you got a covenant with the Almighty God. He cannot deny himself. In that covenant, covenant terms are loving kindness, tender mercies, his faithfulness, come on, his unchanging reaches to the sky, his faithfulness because of the blood covenant that you have in Christ. Woo! I got a covenant with God. I never have to wonder if he left me. I never have to wonder if he quit on me. I know he is there. My covenant. Woo! So Hebrews 13, it says, Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So you can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. My covenant with God. Woo! And if you're down, I guarantee you, he sent out an army to get you up. Come on now, to change things in your behalf. My covenant, his loving kindness, his tender mercy, more than you can even fathom with your natural mind, his commitment to your success, the blood covenant. Come on, just sling a little blood everywhere. Come on. Come on, put some blood on your home, your family, your marriage, your children. Come on, I'm redeemed by the blood. I'm blessed because of the blood. I overcome by the blood. Woo! Come on, give the Lord a shout. I said, I'm redeemed by the blood. I overcome by the blood. So your confession of faith in that blood. Are y'all still with me? Your confession of faith in that blood. What's your confession of faith? In other words, you cannot separate faith from confession. Hold fast to your confession. Your confession of faith in that blood would be what? Are you ready? I got a few of them here. We, you can order that from our office. There's a card on the blood. All right. The blood of Jesus purges me from every defilement of the enemy. Come on, not one thing in me the blood does not cleanse. His blood cleanses me from all sin, from all unrighteousness, from guilt and from shame. I'm free because of the blood. His blood alone has done everything. My faith is in his blood. Woo! 
By his own blood, the Lord Jesus has sanctified me. He made me holy and brought me into perfect union with God. My fellowship with God, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of me because of the blood covenant. I'm blood blessed because of that blood. I will not be quiet about it. His precious blood on the cross, and he took that blood into heaven. Well, there's victory in that blood. Hallelujah. Go ahead and shout for a few minutes. Say, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to, come on. You're winning, you're winning in your mind. You're winning in your thought life. You're winning in your attitude. You're winning in your family because of the blood. You're winning in your body. You're winning in your health. You're winning in your finances. You're winning because of the blood. Whoa, I win it, hallelujah. God's on my side. The blood has been applied. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Woo! The blood of Jesus. Come on, what's your confession? What are you going to say about that? The blood of Jesus prevents deception. And aborts every attempt of the enemy to deceive me. I will not be deceived. I will not let the devil lie to me. I'm redeemed by the blood, and the blood stops deception in every area of my life. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Ha ha ha. Well, lift your hands up and thank God for the blood. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Come on up here, Pastor. Woo! I'm redeemed by the blood. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.